Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. We always appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire every week at this same time. Of course, Jesus said in John 8, verse 31, You are my disciples indeed, if you continue in my word. And that's what a lot of religious folks don't realize. A lot of believers don't realize that. that to, to be, they claim to be a disciple. But Jesus said you're only a true disciple if you continue in his word. So it's not enough just to believe in Jesus. You have to continue in his word. After all, that makes sense, doesn't it? If you really believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of God, that means you think of him as your authority. And so that means you're not just going to believe that he existed, but you're going to believe his teachings. You're going to follow his teachings if you really think he's your authority, if you really think he's the Son of God. If you're not following his teachings, that means you may say you think he's the Son of God, but you don't really believe it. You don't really believe he's your authority. And in that vein, we've been talking about, last week we were talking about false teachers. We mentioned one famous false, one famous preacher who taught in crusade, after crusade, that you had to believe in Christ to be saved. But when he was pinned down by the media and they asked him, well, can a person like a Jew or a Muslim be saved even if they don't believe in Christ? He said, yes, I believe he knew the truth. He knows what Jesus said in John 8. 24, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. He knows that, but he succumbed to political correctness. We can't, we got to have a lot more courage than that. Enough courage not only to preach the truth, but to stand up for the truth under fire. Let's look at some verses that show that we must not cave in to political correctness, not even on the gay marriage issue, but instead we should stand up for Christ and his teaching on every issue. In John 12, 42 and 43, we read this. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Here we have some chief religious leaders. The text says they believed in Christ. So they were believers, meaning they believed Jesus was who he said he was, the Son of God. But they weren't willing to follow through on that belief. They didn't have enough courage they weren't willing to confess him because they, because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They didn't want to lose their position in their church, in the synagogue. So even though they believed in Christ, they didn't follow through on it. They didn't confess him. They didn't want to lose their position in church. We have a lot of people like that today, a lot of preachers like that. They understand the truth. They're not really willing to preach the truth on certain topics if it were to possibly step on the toes of some of their audience members because they might lose their position in church. They might lose their preaching position or what have you. How about Matthew 10, verse 32 and 33? Jesus said, Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So we've got to preach the truth and stand for the truth. We can't allow the pressure of political correctness or any other kind of pressure to change our stand. If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. You can call me with any Bible question or comment. The number to call is 877-655-6755. The number to call if you have a Bible question or comment, 877-655-6755. This, this thing we're talking about, false teachers, it's a serious thing. False teachers cause 
people to be lost. We read John 8.31 while ago. John 8.32 reads, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if we continue in Jesus' word, verse 31, God promises that we'll know the truth, and the truth will make us free from sin. The implication is that false religious teaching, religious error, something different than the truth, won't set us free from sin. People act like most churches act like, well, as long as you believe in Jesus, it doesn't really matter what you believe, what you teach what you practice in religion because those are kind of unimportant matters. So if somebody says you've got to be immersed to be baptized, somebody says you've got to be sprinkled, it's like both answers are right. Or somebody says you're supposed to baptize only believers, somebody, some church practices baptizing babies, or they say both of those are right. All the churches that practice all these different things are right. One church says you're not supposed to have women preachers, one says that you are. It's like, well, they're both right. No, they can't be both be right. Only the truth will set us free from sin. False teachers teach something different than the truth, something false. They lead us astray, therefore they cause us not to be set free from sin. Matthew fifteen fourteen describes them. Jesus said, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. The blind leader here represents the false teacher. The blind follower represents us if we allow that false teacher to lead us astray. The ditch represents the bad place, being lost. If we allow a false teacher to lead us astray, we're going to end up in the same place as he is. We're going to be lost. False teachers cause people to be lost. That's why we need to be on the watch for them and need to correct their teaching. And that's part of what we do on this program is correct the false teaching of many churches and teachers who are teaching something different than what Jesus and his apostles taught. You know, I heard recently that 84%, I think this was a believers, 84% think any religion is fine. 84%. But what Jesus say in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 84% think any religion is fine, but Jesus said, you cannot come to the Father but by me. So any religion, as we've been talking about, the famous preacher that, that said you can be saved without believing in Jesus, any religion, any church, any preacher that says you can be saved without believing in Jesus, contradicting what Jesus says. They don't mean to do this, but in effect, aren't they calling Jesus a liar? Anybody who teaches Jesus' doctrine is not the only way then is a false teacher. Well, what are some other examples of false teachers? What are some other examples? Well, how about a person who teaches we don't have to obey God to be saved, that all we have to do is accept Christ as our personal Savior? If a person teaches that, he's a false teacher. Remember, he's teaching all you got to do is accept Jesus as your personal Savior to be saved. You don't have to obey God. But we can easily show that's false. How about 1 Peter 1.22, which reads, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Now, Acts 15 verse 9 says, We purify our hearts through faith. So faith is absolutely essential to purifying our hearts or our souls. But 1 Peter 1.22 says, We have to obey the truth to purify our souls. It takes faith and obedience. Anybody says you're saved by faith alone, ruling out obedience is a false teacher. This says you have to obey the truth for your soul to be purified by the blood of Christ. 
There's no doubt about the fact of what washes away our sins, what purifies our souls. It's the blood of Christ. But what do we have to do in order to be purified by the blood of Christ? Well, it's more than just faith. According to this, it's obeying the truth. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. What about Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9? That verse reads this way. And being made perfect, he, talking about Jesus, became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. So many preachers, so many churches say you don't have to obey God, Jesus, to be saved. Now, it's a good thing if you obey, but you don't have to do it to be saved. What does this verse say? Jesus is the author or the source of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. What would that verse imply about somebody who doesn't obey Jesus? He's not going to receive eternal salvation from the source, Jesus Christ, is he? Obviously, it's teaching a person has to obey Jesus to receive eternal salvation. Yet, many people deny that right and left. That's too much to expect of people to have to obey Christ. If they believe in Christ and come to church once a week, that's enough. They don't have to obey Him to be saved. Quote, that would be a work salvation. <laughs> it wouldn't be a work salvation because you have to obey the truth to have your souls purified by the blood of Christ, 1 Peter 1.22. So when you obey the truth in order to be saved by the death of Christ... That admits you're not being saved by your works, that you need the blood of Christ to be saved, and that's why you're obeying Him, so that you can be saved from your sins by the blood of Christ. So teaching that you have to obey Christ to be saved is not a work salvation, it's the very opposite. It teaches that you have to obey Christ to rely upon the blood of Christ so that you can be saved. How about Matthew seven twenty one? Jesus speaking says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Who's going to go to heaven according to that verse? The one that do, does the will of the Father. That means if you don't do the will of the Father, you're not going to be in heaven with the Father. Think about your life. If you're listening to this radio program, this station, you probably think of yourself as religious or you wouldn't be listening. Does your life exemplify obedience to Christ? Do you obey Christ or do you just think, all i got to do is believe. I can live any old way I want to. This, these passages say you've got to obey. And anybody who teaches you don't have to obey, that all you have to do is believe in Christ to be saved, they're a false teacher. False teachers lead us astray because only the truth will set us free from sin. Who else might be a false teacher? Well, give us a call, 877-655-6755. You might like to point out some particular doctrine that somebody's teaching and how that's a false teaching. And therefore, the people teaching that are false teachers. Go ahead and give us a call. Let us know, 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877 877- Six five five six seven five five. You know, Sam Morris was the, quote, pastor for the First Baptist Church in Stanford, Texas. And he wrote the following in the 1940s. He's probably passed away now. I don't know for sure. But he wrote this about the once saved, always saved doctrine. He said, a Christian's sins do not condemn his soul. The way a Christian lives, what he says, his character, his conduct, 
or his attitude toward other people have nothing whatever to do with the salvation of his soul. All the prayers a man may pray, all the Bibles he may read, all the churches he may belong to, all the services he may attend, all the sermons he may practice, all the debts he may pay, all the ordinances he may observe, all the laws he may keep, all the benevolent acts he may perform will not make his soul one whit safer, and all the sins he may commit from idolatry to murder will not make his soul in any more danger. You think about that, that sounds pretty extreme, but that is the logical conclusion of the once saved, always saved position. I mean, after all, if it's really true that once you become a Christian, it's impossible for you to lose your salvation, then what Sam Marsh said is really true. You could commit, if you're a Christian, you could commit any sin from idolatry to murder and still be saved. That's the once saved, always saved position. That's the position that a Christian cannot fall from grace. But what does Galatians chapter 5 verse 4 say? Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. So many preachers say a Christian can't fall from grace, but here's some folks that did fall from grace because they were trying to bind Old Testament law. Ye are fallen from grace. That should settle it, but it doesn't settle it for most people. They want to teach once saved, always saved. Instead of believing what the Bible says about it, because it's really just wishful thinking. It's wishful thinking. We would like it to be true that we can live any old way we want to and still be saved. And so they wish that were true, so they teach that it's true. Well, the Bible teaches it's not true. They're false teachers. This is Patrick Donahue. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 877-655-6755. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren. And it's talking about, <clears throat> verse 1, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, which would have to be a Christian. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Sometimes people say, well, if you're a Christian, you, you can't fall away. You can't change your mind and start living an unfaithful life. But this verse certainly proves that that's possible, talking to Christians. It warns them against developing an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Why would God warn them against that if that were impossible? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. James 5, 19 and 20 says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. Talking about brethren in Christ, the New King James says, One of them wanders from the truth. If a child wanders from his home, that means he was at the home and wandered away from it. So here's a brother in Christ who was in the truth, he wandered away from the truth, obviously a Christian that falls away from the truth. Our responsibility is to try to convert him back. If we convert him back, we save his soul from death. The implication is, if we're not able to do that, if he refuses to be converted back, his soul dies. He's lost. So this doctrine of once saved, always saved is absolutely proven, conclusively false. Second, Well, let me take this call real quick. David from Missouri, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate you calling, David. Well, I was just calling to uh, clarify. You know, I've I've been listening to you for quite a while now. And, you know, I drive back and forth to work and listen to your show, try to, and try to figure out why you keep suggesting 
that we have to get baptized. You know, every every show that I listen to, Robert Jeffress, uh, Jay Vernon McGee, Chuck uh, Swindell, uh, there are so many different preachers that I listen to going to and from work. And for the life of me, not one of them will say that I have to get baptized. You know, I know it's uh, it's a priority, but you're just throwing the blood of Jesus in the in the gutter, my man. I'm, I'm so, I I cannot get any further than what you're doing to blood the blood of Jesus and what He did for our salvation on the cross. Everything. Yeah stems from that man, that God, going to the cross and shedding his blood for me personally. David, let me ask you a question. When you teach, when you say that a person has to believe in Christ to be saved, is that throwing the blood of Christ in the gutter? He has to believe in Jesus on the cross and the blood. When you say that a person has to believe in Christ to be saved, is that throwing Jesus' blood in the gutter to say that a person has to believe to be saved? You are doing that, sir, by saying that I have to and everybody else has to go and get baptized. So let's think about this. I, I suggest to the listening audience that David is being totally inconsistent. He says, because I'm saying that a person has to be baptized to be forgiven by the blood of Christ, that that's throwing the blood of Christ in the gutter, when he says that a person has to believe to be saved by the blood of Christ, and that's not throwing the blood of Christ in the gutter. I don't see how that could be said. That's not consistent. Jesus died on the cross, and he died for everybody. Does that mean everybody's going to be saved? No. John 3.16 teaches you have to believe to be saved. That doesn't throw the blood of Christ in the gutter. That affirms it. The same way with the baptism. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So when a person believes and is baptized, it's not throwing the blood of Christ in the gutter. That's admitting that you need the blood of Christ to be saved. Because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If Jesus says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, then He told the truth about it. If J. Vernon McGee or Chuck Swindoll said something different, that you don't have to be baptized to be saved, then they're contradicting what Jesus said. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So if you want to be saved by the blood of Christ, the way you would ask God to be saved by the blood of Christ is by believing and being baptized. Let me read John chapter 3, verse 5 says, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What's that talking about? How about Acts chapter 2, verse 38? Peter told some believers. Now, those preachers that David mentioned would all say that you're saved at the point of faith. Belief is all you have to do. But Peter told some believers in Acts verse 2, 30, chapter 2, verse 38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So belief all by itself is not enough. These believers were told to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Now, that's not throwing the blood of Christ in the gutter. That's admitting you need the blood of Christ. Because if God says you've got to repent and be baptized to get the remission of sins based upon the blood of Christ, 
that shows that you want the remission of sins based upon the blood of Christ when you repent and you're being baptized. And if you don't repent and be baptized, that's showing you don't respect the blood of Christ. You know, Saul believed on the road to Damascus. Everybody understands that in Acts chapter 9. But three days later, Ananias told him to arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts twenty-two sixteen. So his sins were not washed away by the blood of Christ when he believed because three days later he was told to get baptized to get his sins washed away. His sins were washed away by the blood of Christ when he was baptized. Saul getting baptized to get his sins washed away was not disrespecting the blood of Christ. That was showing absolute respect for it. And then 1 Peter 3.21, talking about water baptism, says, Baptism doth also now save us. I don't know why God would say baptism saves us if you didn't have to be baptized to be saved. This is a perfect example of wishful thinking. Our caller, with all due respect, and these other preachers, J. Vernon McGee, Chuck Swindoll, are saying you don't have to be baptized to be saved. That's just wishful thinking. That's what they want to be true. It is not anywhere close to what the Bible says. The Bible teaches clearly and conclusively that you have to be baptized to be saved. We've quoted the verses. Either you can love and respect God enough to accept those verses, or if you don't accept those verses, you might as well throw out the whole Bible. If anybody's teaching then, like once saved, always saved, or that you don't have to be baptized to be saved, they're a false teacher then, and false teachers lead people astray. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755, 877-655-6755. Now, the once saved, always saved teachers teach that God is going to save you even, if you're a Christian, even if you forsake him. But Second Chronicles 15 verse 2 says, if you forsake him, referring to God, he will forsake you. You see that? That's what the Bible teaches. All these preachers want to say, oh, he'll save you even if you forsake him. But God says, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, who's telling the truth? Who's telling the truth about once saved, always saved? Who's telling the truth about baptism? Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Many say, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. Who's telling the truth? Jesus or all these teachers that say that you don't? You know, one is also a false teacher if he says women may preach in the church service. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. And then 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 says, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. These two passages clearly show that a woman is not to preach the sermon in the church service. But statistics say about 75% of congregations across America and Canada, congregations of all type, will allow a woman to preach a sermon from the pulpit. 75% of churches then that claim to be Christian churches completely ignoring what God says on the matter in these verses. They're false teachers when they say that because they're teaching something false, different than what the Bible says. Scott from Florida, go with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, brother, I've got a... Uh, I just want to read a verse out of Luke chapter 23 uh, that kind of lets us know that baptism is not required to be saved. Uh, in Luke chapter 23, verses... 
39 through 43. This is one of the criminals who hung there, hurled insults hey, at him. Scott, i got to go off the air in a minute. You're talking about the thief on the cross? Yep. He said, okay, Jesus, Jesus. just hang up and we'll let you listen. The thief on the cross didn't have to be baptized because the New Testament law was not enforced yet. Hebrews 9, 16 and 17 says, a testament, talking about the New Testament, does not go into force until after the death of the testator. Luke twenty four forty seven teaches that it occurred on the day of Pentecost. So the thief on the cross didn't have to be baptized for the same reason all the other people in the Old Testament didn't have to be baptized. It wasn't required yet until the New Testament times. If you want a free one-hour phone Bible study, call or text me at 256-682-9753. If you would like to do a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, at your convenience, call or text me at 256-682-9753.